Brother Lee, you might see me after services with your thing about song, hymn histories. You might be able to work that into the song service. You might be able to preach on Wednesday night and just do that whole in-between song. Uh, I already got the nod. I know what that means. <laughs> just had to say that. Oh, it's good to be here this evening. Um, I really appreciate you doing that, Brother Lee. I, I love the hymn histories. And uh, I only have one, one book on those. I have about, I think it's about 80 in that one book. Uh, but it's, it's amazing. If we're taking a vote, I'll vote on Sunday morning. More people get to hear it and, and appreciate it. But I, I'm not causing trouble or anything. And I appreciate you taking time to do that tonight. You actually helped me out a lot. Um, because as I told the pastor this morning, and as I mentioned to Miss Carlene, um, Brother Matt spoke, it's been a while ago, and he spoke from the book of Ruth. And I'd already been thinking, and I went to my files, and I have a six-week series on the book of Ruth. And I can't do all that tonight, so you help me out by cutting. <laughs> I'll have to stay with my notes so I can, uh, that I put down for tonight so that we can uh, get where I need to be and stop. Because this was supposed to be an overview, and so I've got to keep it that way. But it's not gonna, always easy, as, as you would well know. So uh, anyway, okay. Uh, I do have um, a couple of more not necessarily announced, I guess they would be announcements, um, won't involve everybody, but those of you that still have an old church key that fit the front door, you can toss that in the trash. It's gone. The, the new key that's about a quarter inch longer than the old one fits every exterior door now. So um, that's just, I thought of that. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget to mention it. If you try the old one, it won't work anywhere. It'll go in the hole, but it won't work. Um, also, along that note, uh, we would appreciate your help. It's if you go through an outside door, stop, turn around, make sure it's locked. I mean, after the services, the front one, of course, that's different. But if you go out one of the other exits, <clears throat> the one that goes out by the kitchen, if you don't let it shut on its own, it won't always latch. And so a lot of times, and I'll use the term a lot of times on Monday morning, I come up here and that door is not, not secure at all. Um, it's just a little bit more touchy than the others about latching. And so uh, if you kind of help us with that, we don't have a whole lot of problems yet. I don't know how many of you are aware, but Emmanuel Baptist over on Loop 11, they were broken into last Thursday morning and they had thousands of dollars worth of damage. Still haven't heard what they were after. And from the pictures that I saw, I didn't really quite understand either. They obviously kicked in some of the suspended ceiling, but they also completely took a window out. And so I don't, I don't know what they were doing. There's no telling when it comes to criminals, but um, anyway... <clears throat> We have had a little bit of vandalism, and sometimes we have a lot of activity around here. Some services, nothing goes on outside, and some services, we're in and out quite a bit trying to figure out what's going on. 
If you're interested in being a part of helping us off and on, let me know, uh, and I'll get you on a list and let you help us. And we're developing a lot of things. We're changing cameras, adding cameras. Um, we have a bunch of new equipment so that we can do all of that. And now we've got to get the details worked out. Um, and that, I don't know if I already said that, that goes for men or ladies. We don't, you don't have to carry uh, to be a part of the security team at all. Um, and there's already been one issue where <laughs> I told Brother Mark, I really wish we'd had a lady on the security team that day because I spent most of one Sunday morning cleaning the men's and ladies' restrooms because somebody went in there and made a horrible mess. And um, so I put on the PPE and the gloves and masks, <laughs> not quite, but almost, and clean up the holster. But no, I wouldn't put that off on you ladies, but I would have liked to have one of y'all to go in the ladies' restroom and take care of it. I would have taken care of the men's. But you never know what happens or what's going to go on. So those, uh, those things, but if you are interested, uh, let me know, and, and you can tell me or not tell me whether you are armed or not. That's up to you. Uh, we always have some. Tonight we're very, very short on people. Uh, we have about five that are not here tonight that uh, mostly are here. But we had a big presence in our parking lot today by the Texas DPS. So they had something going on in the neighborhood and they used our parking lot. So that should help us for a couple of days at least as they'll be wondering what was going on here. So. Anyhow, uh, that's, that's all I have to throw in for that part tonight. We're in the book of Ruth, uh, a beautiful book. It's uh, one of the poetry books of the Bible, or considered that uh, by some. It's one of the smaller books of the Bible, and I don't have it nailed down exactly, but in the Old Testament at least, it ranks about number 10 or less as far as size. It's four chapters, and of course that doesn't mean a whole lot because Psalms 119, that one chapter by itself is longer than a lot of books in the Bible. Um, but it is, um, it is a relatively short book. The um, one word description for the book of Ruth. Two widows lose everything and find hope in Israel, which leads to the birth of the future king of David. Pretty good, pretty good description. Uh, it's not great, but it, it pretty much covers the, the basic part of it. Um, this book falls between the third judge of Israel, Shamgar, and the fourth slash fifth judges, Deborah Barak, as far as the timeline of when it actually happens. And I'd, I'd share some things along just, just to share, um, and some of it I don't believe myself, but it's interesting what people say. According to some of the research I did, they say that the book of Ruth used to be a part of the book of Judges, and then they separated them. And I can't see that personally. And, and one thing I thought, well, but now wait a minute. 
the book of Judges was primarily a book about facts and figures and names and dates. And uh, the book of Ruth is a book of poetry. And, you don't, and then I thought, well, now wait a minute. David was a warrior and he wrote a bunch of poetry. So it, it's just like everything else. God uses people for various reasons and purposes. I don't have a clue. Uh, so I'll just leave it like that. When you, anybody I've ever researched, nobody will say, okay, Ruth was authored by so-and-so. It's unknown. Everything I've found is, is that, and yet some people say, well, they think Samuel probably wrote the book of Ruth down at least, as he probably did the book of Judges, which, again, is one of those. There's quite a few in the Old Testament that we really don't know. I don't think it's that, well, it's not a big deal to me at all. I'll stay with my King James Bible as long as I'm breathing and, and able to think. And that's, that's good enough. I, I don't have to know. It's by faith that we accept the Word of God, period. And most of the world doesn't. And so that's their problem. I'll, I'll take the Word of God and uh, just go on from there. <clears throat> The, uh, the time frame, which because of some of the things we've studied in uh, Judges and, and the other books, we can say it's pretty close to 1250 B.C., plus minus. But that's, that's a good timeline. I've looked at a lot, and some of them will go as low as 11. Some of them will go 13, but it, it falls right in that that area. Chapter 1, verse 16, I would say is the key verse to this book, and that's my personal opinion. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. And that's this to me is pretty much a key to this this book. There's a whole lot in here. Um, the The outline for this book is pretty much broken down exactly in the frame of work of the chapters as it's that has been divided. One of these times I'll remember and uh, and share with you when this was placed in the scriptures. The the chapters divisions were put in a few hundred years ago. The verse divisions were put in at a little different time than that. Uh, but Ruth breaks down pretty well like this. Get into the New Testament, it's not nearly as well done by my standards. It doesn't change the scripture. But a lot of times the thought is not complete when they change chapters by number in the book. Uh, this one's pretty good. Ruth First of all, deciding in chapter 1. Secondly, serving in chapter 2. Resting in chapter 3. And rewarded in chapter 4. And that it breaks down really well like that. There is the first part of chapter 1 that is a little bit of a family history uh, that we're, is shared with us there. But it's it's all part of that story and it, it fits really, really well. Now the principal characters of the book of Ruth to me are very important in, in just in an overview. 
Because as we've talked about in other messages and uh, other studies, the people's names mean something uh, in, in other societies, especially now. <laughs> in today's society, society, and especially if you pay any attention to what's said about Hollywood, you're going, where in the world did they dream up the name for that child? And how is that child ever going to look in the mirror and look at other people as they grow up and have any normalcy at all? Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I can just imagine some of you ladies being named Stardust or something like that, <laughs> or Moon, Moon Child, you know. Uh, I was sharing with Brother Matt, I was reading a book, and, and um, this Indian named this child Screaming Lizard because every time they touched him or looked at him, they, he screamed. And uh, I, I thought, you know, that's, it's ridiculous, but they were prone to name people for the things they did. And a lot of times their names would be changed as they got older uh, and they did something else. You know, it become run, running buffalo when they got old enough to kill a buffalo or whatever. Uh, and that was the way it is and has been. Um, and in that day, it always meant something specific. In the scripture, it especially means something specific because God's giving us another important lesson, uh, a, a way of seeing things. And so we'll go over it quickly. Elimelech was the patriarch in this story. And his name, excuse me, means my God is king. Naomi, the patriarch in the story, her name means pleasant. Malon, a son, name means sickly. Chilion, his name means pining or wasting away. Ruth, who is the main character of the entire story, her name means fullness, closely drawn, or friend. And then Orpah means stiff-necked or double-minded. And since we're speaking about names, I'm sure all of you know this, but I'll throw it in for free anyway. The famous lady on TV whose name is Oprah, her name was supposed to be Orpah, and it got misspelled. And so they had to pronounce it the way it was spelled. She was supposed to be Orpah, not Oprah. But anyway, they reversed two of those letters. And so that, that didn't cost anything, but... Uh, I find it, I did not look to see if there was a definition, but I find it interesting what her mom intended to name her was, did not mean anything good. But I don't know what Oprah means. And with your iPhones, you may look that up before church is over. <laughs> Me and Lee, of course. Uh, but anyway, and then there was Naomi's other choice, and that was, she said, call me Mara, which means bitterness. And that was a self-change, a self-chosen change. And, and that's significant. Um, the, the, names of the, the people's names also are very clearly uh, bring out the types or, or the major types that we see in this book. In, in the book of Ruth, we see a type of Christ. We see a type of Israel. We see a type of the believer and the church. And they're, they're very clear types, but as we always say, 
A type is like a picture. It's not three-dimensional. It's not perfect. Uh, but it gives a good, clear idea. Old Testament was always p- giving us pictures of the New Testament believer and the New Testament church. But the New Testament church did not exist in the Old Testament, but it was being brought out and pointed out to us. The type of Christ would be Boaz. Um, and I'm going to save him for last. I'll go back to him in a minute because this is, this is my favorite. Uh, the type of Israel would be Elimelech. Remember his name says or meant, my God is king. Israel had to have a king. And, and they said that God was their king. But what happened when things got tough? What did Elimelech do? He said, uh, I think I'll take my family and move them to Moab. Why? Was God not still in Israel even though things were tough? We have to be careful that we don't jump up and run when things are tough just because we feel like we've got to be somewhere else. What connection? I, that's the interesting, one of the interesting things to me. Whatever possessed him to go to Moab? Do you know who Moab was? I mean, not that country he's named after? Yeah, he was a son of incest. That was... What's his name? Uh, I shouldn't have said that. Anyway, his wife turned to Saul. Uh, that guy. Yeah, Lot. Moab was his son by his, one of his daughters. And that's what Moabite means. Son of incest. It's a terrible place. Those people were Jewish descendants, but they were outcasts because of what they were. Um, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't stray too far, but sometimes these things just catch in my head. Everybody wants to brag about Australia, and I love Australia, and I love the accent in Australia. But you do realize the people that are in Australia that aren't Aborigine, how they got there? That was a penal colony for the French, and that was... The male criminals and the French prostitutes. That's how the people of Australia came to be, the the non-originals or the non-natives. They were imported there. They don't have a whole lot to brag about on their history. But none of us have anything to brag about on our history either. We're all sinners. And we all come from a background. I mean, I used to laugh. My grandmother was a... a, she was a quarter Indian, uh, but she loved the Old West, and I'm sure I got some of that from her. But she always had these magazines that she ordered and, and kept, and I was always reading them. And I was reading one one day, and these were all true stories. And here was this, in the 1880s, here was this group of guys that were hung for horse thieves. There were several of them. Their name was Sharp. And very possibly, I'm related to them. You know, I have horse thieves in my family. You know, we might all, <laughs> all want to be real careful about the genealogy. Now, I'm, my granddaughter loves to run that stuff back, and I'm supposedly kin to some former president. We're all kin to everybody, technically, because we all came from Adam. So everybody's wickedness, we all have, we're all sinners. So we have to be careful. And, and then I'll, I'll quit with this one because this is just too mind-boggling. And it's, it's not a blood thing. It was all uh, a legal thing. But 
and true story because I know these people. This lady took in a lady and her son. The lady number two had problems. She was involved in the wrong things. So she adopted this lady. Well, then she adopted lady number two's son as well. Now you start thinking out who they are. My grandma is my mother and my mom is my sister and I'm my, I'm my grandmother's sister. I mean, in the technical term, it just is mind-boggling. But we all have family and we all have a history and they had a history here. Why did Elimelech go to Moab? No clue. Uh, but it was a bad choice. He got over there and obviously he died and left the family away from their inheritance, away from their kindred, in a strange place with less than they had where they were originally from. The type of the believer, uh, we can see uh, numerous there, but first of all, we see Naomi, who was pleasant, but then as life went downhill, we'll say for her, uh, she became bitter. She developed a root of bitterness. And Paul talks about we should not develop a root of bitterness. Circumstances are not what make our life. We all have circumstances. And some of them are good, some of them are bad, some of them are terrible. But it's about the Lord. And then we also see um, Malon and Chilion. And they were sickly and pining and... <laughs> If, if you know who Herbert Locker is, and, and I, like his, I like his stuff. He wrote some great stuff. Uh, but, but he said that today that most churches, most of the members are, have, have spiritual anemia. And he said that most churches really don't need pastors. They need nannies because most church members are still on milk instead of strong meat. And you go around churches, you'd be shocked if, if you talk to a lot. There are some good, strong churches and people that have learned and studied and know things. But it, it is amazing what, uh, what some people don't know. And so, um, but Herbert Locker wrote a whole series of books, all the prayers of the Bible, all the women of the Bible, all the men of the Bible, super stuff, uh, what he was exactly on a lot of his doctrinal issues, I don't really know because I've not researched him personally. I've just seen a lot of his works. But that is a, a picture of the believer. Of course, Ruth is the ideal picture of the believer and of the Lord's church. She, she falls into both of those categories. Clearly, uh, she changed, as we saw in verse 16 of chapter 1, she said, your God will be my God. Don't entreat me to leave you. I don't want to go away. I want to stay with you. And, uh, of course, she was a Gentile. So that also points to the, the picture of the, the uh, Gentile believer in the Lord's church today. The crossover also involves this. Let's read chapter 4 and verses um, 13 says, so Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception and she bare a son. Verses 21 and 22. And Salmon begat Boaz and Boaz begat Obed 
and Obed beget Jesse, and Jesse beget David. And so here we see the connection. And then if we go to Matthew chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, Matthew 1, 5 and 6. And Salmon beget Booz or Boaz of Rachel, and Boaz beget Obed of Ruth, and Obed beget Jesse, and Jesse beget David the king. And then it goes on. But we see them uh, both listed there. Um, and it's also, to me, very interesting because it's not that way with, if you, if you read the genealogies as they're listed there in Matthew 1 and also all of it there in chapter 4 uh, of our text, a lot of times the ladies are not mentioned there. But Ruth is mentioned there specifically. She's not the only one. Um, we may get to that story uh, another time. But she is mentioned specifically in the genealogies when generally it is the male that is mentioned. So we see beautiful pictures there. And then we go back to Boaz. Oh, I've got to finish up. Um, Boaz is the type of Christ. He's the kinsman redeemer. The, the term or the word for kinsman redeemer is goel, G-O-E-L. And um, I, I, just, I just love that, that term and what it means. First of all, uh, to be the kinsman redeemer, redemption was of, and that was a requirement, and there's a passage for it, but I, don't, I didn't write it down. Redemption was of persons, and of inheritance. That's what the kinsman redeemer was responsible for. The, there were people, there would always be people and there would always be inheritance or there would be those two categories. If you remember in the story, uh, of, and we didn't read that of course tonight, but Boaz said, okay, hold up. There's a nearer kinsman than I and I'll go talk to him. And he went in a public place all above board and he said, now, uh, Elimelech died, and there's an inheritance. There's some land there. And the near kinsman said, oh, I'll take that. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll give. But then, of course, you remember that Boaz said, uh, but you've also got to take the family. Oh, well, that'll mess up my inheritance. That's going to mess up the family tree. I, I can't do that. Boaz said, fine, here, I'll give you my sandal. Because <laughs> that was what they did. In front of witnesses, they took off the sandal and they gave them a sandal. It was no different than us signing our name and social security number and bank account number and, and every number that we own, phone number and all that, and the date uh, to sign a contract. That's the way they did a contract, a lot simpler. But a man's word was bond. And so uh, that's, that's the way it went there. And so that's what... Boaz did, first of all, he redeemed the inheritance and the persons. Then secondly, the redeemer must be a kinsman. He had to be relative. He couldn't, couldn't, uh, couldn't meet the requirements otherwise. One of the requirements for our Lord. He met all of the requirements. He had to be a kinsman. 
He came in the likeness of sinful flesh, the Bible says. And he lived uh, a life as a human. And so there's what, uh, sorry, Boaz met that requirement. Christ meets that requirement. The third one, the, the Redeemer must be able to redeem. Boaz was wealthy. Uh, he had position and he had everything that was necessary to be able to redeem. And so did our Lord. He's the only one that could redeem us because he's the only one that could pay the price for our sins. And then fourthly, the redemption happens by the kinsman redeemer paying the just demand in full, which Christ paid our debt in full, a debt we could not pay, and he paid it in full. And that's what Boaz did. He, he took care of all of it. That's what Christ has done for us. A beautiful picture, and I always love anything that has to do with the kinsman redeemer. It's uh, so, so powerful. And that wraps up our notes, wraps up our time. And preacher said, well, why don't you just break it up into the next four weeks since you're going to be speaking for four weeks? And I'm thinking, yeah, I have four weeks, but I had 45 minutes six times the first time. I don't think I can break that up into four times. I don't think y'all would let me. Uh, And that wasn't the point. But the book of Ruth is a powerful, powerful book. And it's uh, beautiful in all of its pictures. And it's a great story of what was going on in the world at that time. And yet how God blessed and how these people, Boaz and Ruth, Ruth became part of the lineage of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's amazing. Father, thank you for the opportunity this evening. As we go into prayer request time, Lord, I pray that you'll bless that.